Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Who knows what Gundy's up to, man? We don't know what's going on in that ticker up there. It's a mad genius. <laughs> the mad genius of Stillwater. Pete Thamel. Have you and Mike Gundy been watching the conspiracy theories on that fine One America News Network? <laughs> Coach Gundy's got some points. Got, <laughs> got a point or two here. SI's Pat Forty. And given like the, the reliance on steak and whole milk, I think he's probably... <laughs> Got a, a real imperative on being regular. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Hope everyone is doing well out there. Got a lot of football to talk about, but I wanted to get to this ongoing saga right at the start. Because I believe we predicted this, maybe, or at least discussed it. But coronavirus hasn't stopped Corona. The popular beer imported from Mexico. This is a Yahoo Finance story. Most consumers understand Corona, the brand, has nothing to do with Corona, the virus. I am not one who's willing to make that assertion, but (laughs) other consumers apparently are. I think someone's warning us. I'm not going to be the one that catches coronavirus by drinking something with the name Corona in it. But to each their own, to each their own. Our consumers are very comfortable with the brand and the results speak for themselves. Recent data shows Corona brand is up over 20%. So very strong performance. This is from Constellation brand CEO, Bill Newlands. Gentlemen, what do you think of this? People are sucking down the Coronas even at a f- more furious pace than before. Can nothing uh, stop this beer? Yeah, No, nothing stopping the beer. I, I thought my, my theory is that this is your uh, virtual happy hour gag drink. That you, get, you get on your, you know, your Zoom call happy hour, somebody say, hey, look, I'm not scared of Corona. I'm going to drink a Corona. And so you do it. And of course, that, those are people are more brave than Dan Wetzel, who drinks Bush Light, which is not good for you either. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. You mispronounce wise. <laughs> not as wise. <laughs> it's named <No>. Corona. <laughs> Dan, yeah. Dan, have you have you and Mike Gundy been watching the conspiracy theories on that fine One America News Network? <laughs> Coach Gundy's got some points. Got, <laughs> got a point or two here. Next, you're going to go shoot rattlesnakes with him. I'm not drinking cancer beer. I'm not. I mean, come on. I'm not catching this thing that way. How how ain't you be sitting there in the ICU, right? Breathing tubes or whatever, ventilator, and going. I, I had to be a wise ass and drink the Corona. 
Man, you don't want that kind of regret in your life. <laughs> this is what we need our good friends at Yahoo Finance to tell us. Were these pre-Cinco de Mayo numbers or was there a Cinco de Mayo bump? Ah, good point. Good because point. Because there's always a Cinco de Mayo bump. Well, let me let me give you a little more update on the Mexican beer situation. Okay. And I got to say to our to our friends in Mexico, this is completely unfair. But Mexico declared about a month ago brewing beer a non-essential activity. Oh my. Okay. Wow. Absolutely absolutely terrible because it is an essential activity, but it has been so no one is brewing any beer in Mexico except it is allowed to brew the beer for export. Aha. Uh-huh. So that we got go Mexico well. down there with their <laughs> tongue hanging out looking for a <laughs> bottle of stout. And they're brewing it for us. Ha <laughs> ha. Should have let our soccer team win a couple times. Maybe we can send some back to you. We'll take I mean, your, immigra- we'll take your immigration you. beer. We will not take your immigrants. Is that was that's the new yeah, American Yeah, right. We'll take here. your beer. Yeah. Build the wall or something. I don't know. This is, I'm sure we have huge listenership down in Mexico for our college football podcast. I mean, why not? (laughs) So you can check in with us, but I would be absolutely chapped at this little situation. I mean, I don't think America would stand. We're talking, we're kind of coming apart at the seams right now. Okay. (laughs) Yes, we are. If you well, sat there and to, said anyone who's been to Cabo knows if you walk down the beaches there, you can just hear the, our podcast being broadcast from all like the surf shops, and oh, little sure, bars absolutely. and everything. Very popular. I mean, it, they're, they're huge, huge fans Very uh, popular. in uh, in all of Mexico. Is tequila an essential activity? Can can the can tequila still be made? It's a good well, question. I have to look that up. How much research do you think I do for this show? Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, you know, poor residents of Mexico need a drink. That's all. The George Clooney tequila, and that uh, that's a, a Cabo sort of situation, isn't it? Uh what the heck? Casamigos is just tequila. Yes. Supposedly Casamigos. good. They gotta be making tequila down there. Tequila is an essential activity. Or they're, really? they're still import brewing. and export it actually tells you all you need to know about Mexican beer is most of it's just not good enough. So it's therefore <laughs> inessential. You know, I could I could drink a Negro Modelo on occasion, but that's the problem with Corona. The only good use for a Corona beer is in a Corona Rita. Have you all had one of those where it's like comes tipped upside down in a margarita? Those are good. Go go back to your Louisville chain restaurants My with God. Corona Ritas. No! Please. Corona Rita. Please. What, please. At, What's at, wrong like, with that? TGI 40, get out no, of here. No, Corona no, Rita? No. Please. I stand with Pat. I'm ready to get back to Chili's, baby. <laughs> Well, Pete, I, I know you would only right. have you would only have the mega skinny, ultra locale <laughs> margarita. So maybe that doesn't count for you. And Dan, we know, is scared of Corona beer. So never mind. Fine. I'll drink all the Corona Ritas. <laughs> Thank you. I like Corona. Corona's best value is a I'm on the beach and I'm going to drink all day beer. It's a. It's a beer that can allow you to weather a good day of drinking. Pat, like you, none of these, yeah. none of these double IPAs or anything like that. But no, on a nice, nice hot sunny day, you're you're parked on the beach and you're gonna you're gonna go after it that afternoon. Corona's a nice beer to pace yourself through. That's so. my every day. That's why I drink this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Pat does not like any Mexican beers, really. Not really. Dos Equis is okay. Might be racist. Might be racist. No. (laughs) Dos Equis is okay. The commercials for Dos Equis, the most interesting man commercials, were awesome. Credit there. 
But Dan, yes, I know that's how you get through homeschooling, pacing yourself through on Bush Light. Pretty but, much uh, how I get through this podcast. All right, let's move on <laughs> to some football. Increasingly, we have schools saying they're gonna they're gonna have students on campus in the fall, and, and there's a lot of chatter about playing football now. I don't know whether this is false bravado, but it's uh, it seems like we're getting more every day. Uh, right now. Eight of the 14 SEC schools says they're going to have students on campus. We're still missing Florida, Old Miss, Mississippi State, and Vandy. There's absolutely no way Mississippi and Mississippi State are holding back. So I think it really is going to come down to Florida <laughs> and Vandy. I mean, that's just let's not even let's not even pretend. They just haven't gotten around to announcing it, but they will. So you know, uh, increasingly we're hearing chatter that yeah, league can go on our own. James Franklin came out. Penn State coach and said, you know, let's if if not everybody in our league can play, let's not punish the uh, 80% that can. Uh, I'm not sure how well that went over in New Jersey, but and Pennsylvania's hit pretty hard, but he's he obviously wants to go. I again I am uh I'm fine with it. I I think that if it can be done safely, do it. If it can't, don't. Somehow that's an occasionally in a controversial opinion, but Look, there's right now there's over 8,000 deaths in New Jersey and there's over 80 in in Nebraska. It's just hitting in different parts of the country in different ways. And obviously that can change, but you can see why different places have different opinions on it. And it doesn't mean that the person with the different opinion is your mortal enemy or doesn't care about whatever it is you care about. It's just it's a different it's a different tragedy in different places at this point. So. I'm fine with uh, two-thirds of the Big Ten or just the ACC or whatever we come up with, but we're increasingly heading to that, and then people are trying to run numbers like the Miami Dolphins did. How did this even work? South Carolina AD Ray Tanner, social distancing will be in place at williams Bryce and our other venues. We are running models to see what kind of attendance we could have. That, again, as I mentioned the other day, uh, could lead to all sorts of ugliness. But here we are. What's what's the state of affairs right now? Uh, Pat, we'll start with you. Oh, uh, boy. I mean, I think it's still wait and see for now. I think that there's still it's it's early May. It's uh, you, you've got more than three weeks at least, I think, before we have to start getting really zeroing in on plans. Uh, I think you can go till June 15th. I think you could at the very outside go till July 1st before you have to declare, yes, we're playing, no, we're not playing on time, August 29th slash September 5th. So the, the, the fascinating thing, and we've talked about it some on the podcast, is, yeah, what happens if this is a highly ununiform movement going forward? If some people are like, yeah, uh, we're playing, and some people are no, we're not. And I think that's an increasing likelihood. And then the the real intrigue is what happens within conferences, especially places like the SEC, where if Mike Slive's legacy could be one thing, it would be unity. Now, they fought like dogs and cats within each other, but he made a point of when we make a decision, we're all in together, and we don't crossfire with each other publicly. It's one of the reasons he hated Lane Kiffin so much, because Kiffin was taking shots at everybody in the league. So what happens when that fractures or if that fractures? Interesting to note, you know, if we if we do go along, I go along with you, Dan, and say that that Mississippi and Mississippi State are in and that would leave Florida and Georgia, Florida and Vanderbilt. Those are the two highest ranked universities in the SEC in the U.S. News World Report rankings academically. So they might have other things. Yeah, they might have other things on their mind beyond we don't care about whether those or not they're rankings. playing football. Those rankings are useless. <laughs> we don't care. Come on. 
A lot of people do care about them. Uh, Dan Russell may not. A lot of people do. Florida will do it. They got the UFC going there this weekend. They let the WWE. They deemed the WWE essential. I mean, you got to give got to give Florida credit for that. They would never let the beer (laughs) shortage happen. (laughs) When they deem pro wrestling to be essential. (laughs) I mean, that's that's some serious Florida right there. So, you know, they're going. All right, P, what do you think? Where are we at? Well, I'm going to make a random pop culture reference, which all of you knowing me knows this is like a once in a blue moon situation. But Dan, I know, is a big fan of The Wire, and I've been watching The Wire. And Lane Kiffin is like the college football coaching version of McNulty, the guy who knows everything, <laughs> doesn't care who he enrages, and just goes at his own beat. Consequence, uh, consequences be damned. The f*** did I do? You can't shut your mouth. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's uh, that. They they are like they're kindred, uh, kindred character spirits. McNulty and uh, and Lane Kiffin. That's pretty good. We could do wire characters as SEC coaches. <laughs> yes. Some, yeah. Yes. Really. We're gonna by, by the time mid July comes, if there's no football coming, we'll we'll basically just turn this into a <laughs> yeah. rip off Bill Simmons podcast. <laughs> are you enjoying the wire? Are you enjoying the wire? I am very it's great much show. So. Very, very much. So. I'm uh, one episode into season four. Okay. So about halfway wow. home. And now that you know the characters and it kind of turns every season, it picks up speed. Phenomenal. So no, it's quite uh, it, it's quite good. I would recommend it to Pat if he had the technological wherewithal to uh, actually turn it on. So. Or the interest. Yeah. <laughs> You're not interested in what's regarded as the greatest television show of all time. I'll get to it when I get to it. I, I, <laughs> I watch no television shows. I watch none. <laughs> If it's the best thing in a medium I don't watch, what does that matter? So, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. C- carry on with your Corona, Rita. I'm going to uh. get to the actual question here. <laughs> um, the uh, you know, so where we're going here today? Uh, I am doing this week's. Ver- I'm amid this week's version of the Will We Have College Football This Season mm-hmm. column. Mm-hmm. It's now like a weekly reoccurring thing. I'd encourage the, the you know, the, the folks at Yahoo to get a sponsor for it because I feel like I'm going to be writing some iteration of this, you know, every week until the actually foot meets ball. So I talked to uh, old friend Gordon Gee, who has an interesting perspective on this. He's been the president at Ohio State. Uh, he's now obviously at West Virginia. He was obviously in the SEC at Vanderbilt. So. He's seen a lot of leagues, seen a lot of commissioners, seen a lot of dynamics, and uh, said a couple interesting things. One is one is basically, uh, I have a couple quotes highlighted here. The mental health of the nation needs to be served also. There's a battle going on between science, politics, and common sense. Up to this point, science has won, and rightfully so. We need to start finding the middle ground and manage those middle grounds. So I thought that was sort of like the big thought, like where is a big university president in a power conference sitting right now? I thought that was like a good little window of insight into uh, where they want to go. He spoke about having masks available at the, uh, you know, at the gates. He said maybe we sell them WVU masks and donate the proceeds to charity, which I thought was a nice was a nice touch. Do we have you know, he said, do we have checkerboard at Neyland Stadium where, you know, people are scattered at a certain social distance compared to other conversations with he and other presidents that I've had in the past couple of weeks? There was a there was very much an openness to trying to uh, to trying to make football work and work, if not on time, then in some sort of time. He said, I think we're moving with all the due deliberate speed toward getting some clarity. Some of it's out of our hands. It's what the governors are going to do. It's what state and local regulators are going to do. The last point I thought was interesting. He said, 
you know, what we're starting to see now are fissures and fault lines between the different leagues and leaders. Geography's dictating some of it. The obviously the severity and the impact of Corona, as Dan mentioned, that great Nebraska to New Jersey comparison earlier. And uh, Gordon said, we probably need to have a football czar was one of his quotes, because there is no one in charge. And if people don't think that's going to come up, because one thought I'll, I'll kick back to both you guys, like, Okay, say the SEC does a conference only starting September 1st and the Pac-12 does a truncated only six games because they're obviously the L.A. schools and the Bay Area schools are maybe going to be more impacted because of the severity in the area there. How do you have a playoff? Uh, You just put four SEC teams in like normal. (laughs) They've been trying to do that the whole time. No, this uh, look. Jack Swarbrick made a very good point, actually. On he, he had a little uh, Zoom call thing earlier this week, and he said anybody that's expecting like a usual, well, <laughs> I was going to say a usual uniform smooth outcome, which is not the case. But anyway, <laughs> this, this football season is going to be a mess, no matter what. There's not going to be a fair. Okay, everybody, goes, oh, it's not fair. Well, there's going to be plenty of not fair, no matter how this thing plays out and chops up. Somebody's going to be disadvantaged. Somebody's going to get an advantage, whole bunches of somebody's probably, one way or the other. It's just not going to be easy to be done. And, you know, we've always have tried. College football has tied itself in knots for decades trying to be fair and uniform. And this season of all seasons, forget it. Yeah, don't let perfect be the enemy of progress. Yeah. Uh, perfect sure. ain't happening. We don't know. Yeah. I've been arguing this all the sports. Like, you know, the NBA has got to, you know, let's say they come back and only have – they just sit there and go, no more regular season. You hear people going, well, that's not fair. I had a chance to be the eight seed. Yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked by the Greek freak anyway. I don't care. Right? There's no, like, if you just go eight, four teams on each conference, have eight first rounds, best of five, we got to get this thing done. We got to do this. Yeah, right? Then that's what you do. You know, like, yeah. so that's just, uh, what do you want? It's a freaking pandemic. Nobody's chose this. Life ain't fair. Yeah. There's a pandemic. Yeah. College it's, football fans love to whine about things being unfair. Yeah. They're going to have more chance to whine than ever. Uh, quick question for you guys here, though. Uh, of this, the, the, the public optimism we have talked about, it. we are going to be open on you know the first day of the semester. We are going to have football, blah, 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 blah. How much of that is to secure tuition for the universities from the students and secure uh, student ticket payments from fans. I think both of those are a and how lot. much is reality? And I think they're trying to hold the NBA, NFL at bay from stealing all their Saturday time slots. Uh, uh, I think it's yeah, all of those things. Point. But yeah, no, and it's it's yeah. you still want to be a sponsor to our our games. You don't want to pull your advertising. Y- you know, uh, yeah, I think it's. I think you have to. A- you have to. First off, you have to kind of operate that way because what if it's it happens. All right. And then B, I think absolutely money's a money's a factor. They don't want people going, we may not open old state U this year. And then 40,000, 20, whatever, how many kids are at the school sit there and their parents go, well, what, maybe this is the time to enroll in some online classes at the community college, or maybe it's a time to do this or that, or, you know, they don't want you planning anything other than oh, I'm supposed to move into my dorm on august 14th you know like you you got to keep them on the hook so i think there's there's a lot of that but i do think these schools are going to be hell bent on 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 starting um the friends of mine that have college students not counting you pat you can you can speak for yourself they're ready to kick their kids out regardless (laughs) 
Um, and it's just like, you're going back up there. You're going to this town and you can live with your five friends and I can't deal with you anymore. You're, you know, you stay up till six in the morning, you eat all my food, you drink all my booze. I think uh, my kids are ready to kick themselves out more yeah. than we're ready to kick so them out. I think these are adults. Of us. These are adults. You're on your own, man. Yeah. Go. Yeah. We'll set you get your thing. So might as well have some classes. We're all going to be because <laughs> once you put them on campus, they're not going to social. They're going to be anywhere near each other. They ain't social distancing. I, I think what you made earlier, Dan, was a really interesting point in terms of like May 1st is when you typically have to start sending in your checks and commit to the universities. It's signing day for everybody else, right? So when you do that, you write a big check and there's got to be some interesting financial pressures on a lot of American families now too, right? Because the 60 grand to attend fill in the blank private school or maybe the 40 grand to fill in local state U. Now, all of a sudden you're like, okay, you're going to do that online or we could pay, like Pat said, three grand to, to take online courses at, uh, you know, Cape Cod Community College down the street here. Like, what 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 are we you know what what exactly are we doing here and and I would think the wallets would dictate those decisions now more in a pandemic when there's just the unemployment numbers are just bonkers like nothing we've like nothing we've ever seen so in a lot of ways I feel like and we said this a little bit about Arkansas uh, on the earlier pod like a lot of this is like. Let's just try to keep it as normal as possible, even though it's super abnormal. Let's keep the money rolling in. Let's keep our television slots. Let's just keep rolling this thing. Charles Robinson and I broke a story this morning that basically said the supplemental draft is not going to be the safe harbor for all these dudes like Travis Etienne or Chuba Hubbard who decided to come back and now are like, oh, this season looks a little shaky. I'm going to go to the NFL. The NFL has made it known behind the scenes that that the supplemental draft isn't going to kind of harbor those kids. It'd be the typical guys who failed out or had some other something else that cost them their upcoming season. And people on Twitter were like, well, what if they cancel the season by, you know, July when there's a supplemental draft usually is. And I'm like, they're never going to do that. They're going to keep no. pushing and nudging and pushing and nudging. No like, they're not going to cancel the season in January. Like, like no right. way. Like, yeah. like they're going to they're going to keep people on the line. You need to keep your fish on the line. Yeah. Someone who sends money to the Boston Bruins who will lay off their staff at tw 20 minutes after the coronavirus hit. Uh, <laughs> they will never give you back your money. Right. Uh, we can have a hockey hate podcast. I can hate my own team's ownership. <laughs> you know, Jeremy Jacobs was this bungling owner Worst in Boston guy for so ever. long, and he'd kind of like gotten out of that. And then in like one fell idiotic swoop, he like dove right back in. If you don't know, Jeremy Jacobs owns the Boston Bruins. He's a billionaire. He's a horrible owner. The only reason he got away with he he finally the salary cap made him no longer look cheap. The coronavirus hit on like a Tuesday. He laid off everybody by like Wednesday at noon. <laughs> nice. Very nice. He's owned the team for 30 years. He didn't save up like two weeks of salary yeah. for the guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, didn't the even cancel, like they didn't even cancel yeah. the hockey games. <clears throat> he didn't wow. donate to the, the workers at the stadium until he was shamed into it because the players did it. I mean, it's just the guy's the worst. The worst. I don't know why you would have billions of dollars and then sit there at like 80 and be like, you know, I'm going to make sure I save like... <laughs> Uh, so when I die, I have three point two billion instead of three point one five billion. But I'm gonna have everybody in the country think I'm the biggest asshole going. Like you know, like that, that's what I want to do with my <laughs> my rounding it, error. You know, it, yeah, it would be like us hoarding the change in the ashtrays in our car <laughs> exactly. and not letting one at it. Him, that's him not paying the ushers <laughs> in the garden. Yeah, the ticket, it's the ridiculous. marketing person. Oh yeah, you're yeah. you're all laid off immediately.
Like, whoa, it even the ice ain't melted yet. Jeez. <laughs> that's, that's how a lot. I, I, well, I can't say a lot, but there, I'm sure there are several uh, very rich people who got that way by being incredibly greedy. So, yeah, well, he's one of them. All right, let's talk about some potential college football games. The big one that came up this week was Texas and Texas A&M. Could they resume the rivalry that has ended once A&M split to the SEC? Chris Del Conte, uh, AD at Texas, did an interview with the 24-7 site uh, Texas Tailgate or a podcast or something. Uh, he said this about renewing rivalries against former opponents like A&M, Arkansas, or LSU. I think I had a conversation a year ago, two years ago, we had an opening. I asked A&M, hey, we have an opening in 22-23. I reached out to see if they're interested in doing the rivalry game. A&M said, hey, no, uh, we have no. We're booked right now. I said, okay. I looked at where we were, and I promptly looked, and I said, we have to create games at home and add incredible value to our season tickets. So he has got a series going with LSU. He's got one coming with Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan going forward. All, all good games with Texas. Texas brought in Notre Dame before uh, some different ones. Del Conte went back to AM. As far as playing AM, I will tell you this. I was not here and I don't have the history and the angst of what transpired. But those types of games that make you visceral hate each other are what makes college football great. And I do believe the game should be played. I really do. But what it is what it is, right? And you have politics involved. You have hurt feelings. You have all kinds of that, kind of those things. But just for the state of Texas or for college football, I cannot believe OU doesn't play Nebraska. I grew up in that game. I can't. I could not imagine USC not playing, whatever. Uh, so Del Conte wants the game. Uh, they went to Ross Bjork at AM. To answer that specific question, no, it hasn't been a priority. Hasn't really been a priority since I got here last July, whenever I started. But I've gotten a lot of questions about it. Not from Aggies at all. Aggies are like, let's move on. We have moved on. We moved on a long time ago. I get it mainly in the social media space. I get it from the media who cover college football and cover the state of Texas. But really, for Aggies, it's not a topic. It really isn't. Yeah, there was some banter on Twitter yesterday. I decided to reply this morning. I think people, look, you can't take Twitter too seriously. Twitter is not real life. Uh, that is true. I hope people realize that. Twitter is not real life. You wanna, I don't think people do quite actually realize that. All right. So Texas wants the game. AM doesn't. Thoughts, Pete? What do you think? I love Del Conte's sentiment that what makes college for football great is visceral anger. I think that <clears throat> sums up this beautiful lunacy that we're all in better than anything else. And it the problem with this that type of visceral anger, it, it's like they're they're having to fight through like they're the couple having to fight through like two high profile divorces in order to in order to reunite and all the red tape and the lawsuit and the paternity fallout in everything right now. And it's just going to take time. New leadership on both sides, I thought, would give to that. But I, I don't know. I felt like Del Cane gave a little bit of an olive branch. And Bjork, who, who loves to sort of pander to the base, like he did at Ole Miss, like he did with all of the all of the times that, that NCAA is picking on old poor Hugh Freeze, I thought that was the ultimate pander to the base, chicken out. I'm going to short-term get some love on Twitter when in the long-term – the Aggie fans want that game. And any Aggie fans who say they don't want that game are lying. All right. And Texas fans want that game too. College football needs that game. So I, I was just disappointed that 
the the small window of opportunity there where some optimism could have been held was batted away like for some message board cheer. Yeah, and that well, and that's from yeah, from a guy who's been on the job less than a year, too. Uh maybe if he sticks around a little longer, he'll realize that 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 game really is a good game and should happen and that the AM fans do want it. Now, I, I guarantee there is a faction of AM fans who don't even want to admit that they want the game because they want to see themselves as we don't need Texas in any way, shape, or form. We're in the SEC, whereupon they're like the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth best team, by the way, in the SEC. So I yeah, I thought it was a pretty big move from Del Conte to even throw it out there. And you know, I I, th- I think I've even brought this up on the podcast before. AM fans are so eaten up with Texas, not all of them, but a large percentage. Uh, and I went to AM's first SEC game, and I went, well, I was with Mike Slive, and Slive kicked me to the curb so he could go to a fancy dinner with a bunch of like regents and stuff. But they let me in at the end of the dinner, and nobody said it's off the record. So I'm sitting there paying attention to what's being said, and one of these trustee guys lifts his glass to toast to we will be the controlling brand in the state of Texas for the next 50 years. And that's what it was all about with them. So there's this, this sense of like, we're not even going to give Texas the satisfaction. If they say they want us, no, now we don't want them. That's There's going to be some of that reaction. But yes, I guarantee if you give sodium pentothal to the majority of the fans and made them tell the truth, they would love to have that game. Certainly everyone outside the state of Texas, I think, would like to have the game. Yeah, they'd want to be like the little brother who left home and then can come back to his hometown and brag what they've done. That's what that yeah. game is going to be to a The problem That's with a A&M is... Other than uh, a fleeting moment or two with Johnny Menzel and other than outspending with the single most ridiculous contract guarantee in the history of college sports, let's give all $75 million to Jimbo Fisher, every dime of it guaranteed with no buyout. Other than like overspending and they've really underperformed. They got chesty early with Johnny and since then, and we can look at the record if we want, they have been dead ass average in the SEC. No there doubt. has been... There has been no moments there after Johnny. There's really been no stars. Miles Garrett was a star, I guess, but he didn't, you know, he didn't win a whole lot of games, um, at least high profile games. So I really think like A&M now is looking at I wrote this column when they went. They are going to be steeped in mediocrity in that league, and they have not been able to emerge from that. And they went and overpaid Jimbo Fisher, who had sort of started to send Florida State into a tailspin after winning the title. To, to, to bring them to that promised land. And they really aren't much closer to it right now than they were before. Yeah, I guess my thing would be Aggies have moved on to what? Yeah, <laughs> you know, moved on to getting uh, their ass kicked in the West. Yeah, I, I, I think this, though, for both schools, and, and this goes back to the discussion we had in a column I wrote on the draft, where 26% of the first two rounds of the NFL draft this year, so more than one out of every four picks, played high school football in the state of Texas. And absolutely none of them played at Texas or Texas A&M. Now, Texas and Texas A&M have that. Those are these are not these coaches who had those recruiting classes. The Herman had a little bit, maybe. But they've, they're doing pretty well in recruiting Texas. But they are not locking the thing down, even to this day. Ohio State's still in there. Alabama's in there. Stanford. I'm looking at last year's. This is last year's top. Top guys. We got uncommitted Zachary Evans. Then we got AM, Ohio State, AM, Bama, Bama, Stanford, TCU, LSU, Florida, Texas, AM, LSU, Texas, TCU. That's the top 15. So they're getting guys. But 
if you're Texas and Texas A&M, you should be grabbing five of the top 15 each. And they're not dominating it. And A&M is not, they're doing well. But they always do well. I mean, you go to Texas A&M, I mean, what a place to play football. If you like a college town, it's a college town in the middle of nowhere, but it's not that far from Houston and stuff. But I mean, they got this massive stadium and this campus. The whole thing's phenomenal. And if you go to Texas and you like a city, you can't really beat Austin. Like these places should get great players. But if they're playing each other and they reamp that, that this is the game of Texas, a little bit of how Texas has it with Oklahoma. I think you attract more local recruits because these are the games kids play in games, be, go to schools because they want to play in that game. Kids that go to Ohio State or Michigan want to play in that game. That's why they choose it. And 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 there's a you know you, if you if you grew up on the Iron Bowl, you want to play in the Iron Bowl. And you've got the biggest pot right there of talent, and you're missing one of your chances to market. Now, some of the guys are going to go to the other team. Some of them are going to go to your team. You're going to lose. You're not going to win every game against these guys. But to me, they're missing out. And one of the reasons these two programs are not performing at the top is because they're in the top. You know, Alabama and everyone else shouldn't be coming in there getting players. Ohio State shouldn't be getting players. And that's one more thing you can offer them that Ohio State can't. We're going to play you're, We're going to play Thanksgiving night. It's going to be the biggest, baddest game of that weekend, just like it used to be, and it's a good thing. So I think they're missing out by not doing this. And you can sit there and say, we're too good for it now, but, man, no one's too good for it. If Texas A&M is going to be a power in the SEC, and I think it can be, it's because of high school football players in the state of Texas. Yeah. If you really look at, like, one of the big legacies of A&M leaving the Big 12 and, and joining the SEC is that it actually opened up Texas to be to be plundered sure. by Alabama, by Georgia, by LSU especially. LSU owns Houston. Texas A&M doesn't own Houston. And so by their new association in the new neighborhood they lived in, they've undercut their own recruiting in the state. Now, it's hurt the Big 12 a bunch, too, and it's hurt Texas a lot. Don't don't get me wrong. But it hasn't helped them as much as it's hurt others. That's that's one of the reasons he, the SEC went in there. I I actually advocated that, LSU, that the SEC should take TCU and Texas A&M over Missouri and, and just double dip and try to take all the players out of there and farm it out. And Mike Slive, uh, you know, he he didn't – he went with the TV numbers up in Missouri and – and all that. But to me, it's talent. What's what do you want? Talent. And they got it in Texas. And and certainly Alabama's entree into that. Like everybody's trying to play games at Jerry World, neutral site games in Dallas. Nobody's trying to play neutral site games in St. Louis. I mean, it's done to happen. <laughs> so there's a reason for that. I think this game, not doing this game is a big mistake for both of these programs. It'd be one thing if they were, you know. Uh, if they were, if if Alabama and LSU didn't play anymore, and they're both still one two in the country, you go well. I guess you don't need it. But these two, these guys need something, and there is a great game sitting there. So, do know. you all think that uh, there were any maybe disciplinary exceptions made for Johnny Manziel when he was at Texas A and M? Team rules, school rules, things of that nature. No, there were no rules, so that <laughs> you can't violate. You don't think there were rules for like the third string <laughs> offensive linemen and stuff that didn't perhaps apply to to Johnny football? <laughs> I don't know. Notorious hardliner Kevin Sumlin would not make exceptions. 
I just, you know, I mean, he got in trouble like 57 times when he got out of Texas A&M. So I'm kind of wondering how he didn't get in any trouble when he was at Texas A&M. Oh, he actually, he got in plenty of trouble. The, well, there was the the incident on the street early in his career where oh, yeah, there was he a and fight, his crew, right? there was a racist remark. Uh-huh. Uh, there was the autograph scandal. I was sick of his trouble. Well, the auto- Jameis yeah. had more trouble. <laughs> well, the autograph scandal, that was external. Okay. I mean, like. Do you think Johnny Manziel was on time to team meetings? Do you think that he, you know, maybe passed every potential drug test that came his way? Those sort of things. I'm just wondering. He didn't make it, but his alter ego with the fake mustache, Billy Manziel, (laughs) was there. Well, Johnny went to Vegas this weekend, but Billy stayed home (laughs) and studied for all his exams. That wasn't Johnny who was doing that. It was all Billy Manziel. So hopefully he's doing a little better. All right, well, let's let's before we just come up with uh, wild stories about AM fans, <laughs> let's be even. And okay. let's let's mention the uh the great former Texas Longhorn Earl Thomas. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, Earl Thomas is um Earl Thomas is in quarantine, of course, like the rest of us. Uh I guess social distancing not going quite the way maybe I've been practicing it. I don't know about you two, but here's the story. Austin Police Department responded to the home to a home uh, call at 3:41 a.m. after getting a call about a disturbance, and boy, what a disturbance it was! When the cops arrived, they say, "quote We observed that a black female wearing an orange sweater with a knife in her hand, later identified as Nina Thomas, wife of Earl Thomas, was chasing a shirtless black male, <laughs> later identified as Earl Thomas, with a pistol in his hand around a vehicle." <laughs> cops drew their weapons and ordered both nina and earl to the ground and they complied without incident this is when it gets wild this is a tmz report and when when tmz says things got quote unquote quote all caps wild that's when that's when you yeah. buckle up <laughs> they, they know wild they have a high threshold for wild yeah. tmz yeah like that's so like when things get cold in the north pole <laughs> wow <laughs> tmz's uh fired up by this Nina claims Earl left their home earlier in the day after an argument over the NFL players drinking. All right, I'm on Team Earl right now. She claims Team Earth in the last podcast, Team Earl now. You, I mean, you, you move around. I mean, hollering at him. Yeah, guy's got nothing to do. Uh, she claims Earl's brother, Seth Thomas, picked him up. Okay, this is, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know what the rules are. In uh, Texas, are you allowed? Uh, not, you know, how, how serious? Anyway, short time later, she decided to check on his whereabouts by logging into his Snapchat account. And that's where she found video of Earl with another woman. Oh, boy. Mm. Mm. Nina mm. says she used Earl's Snapchat account to track his location to a nearby Airbnb rental home. She says she called up two other women to help her confront Earl at the pad. Nina also claims she grabbed Earl's pistol, a nine millimeter Beretta, in the process with the intention to scare him. Now, you gotta be careful with these scare things. This goes wrong. Anyway, when the women arrived at the house, they discovered Earl and Seth naked in bed with other women. Hmm. Not Hmm. social distancing, Thomas Brothers. (laughs) Definitely not. Definitely not. That's when Nina admits she pulled the gun out and put it to Earl's head. Oh, boy. Oh, cops say one of the women in the house shot cell phone video of the incident. This is going to be how much is TMZ uh, going to uh, pay for that video? Uh, uh, World star. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Fortunately for Earl, the Ravens defensive back was able to wrestle the gun away from her. That's good. And then, he, and then he ran. He's always been elusive. He's a hell of a player. <laughs> always been elusive. Okay. <laughs> Earl was not arrested. Nina was. Yeah, it goes on. So, <laughs> the Thomas brothers, this is this. So, how's your uh, social distancing going, Earl? <laughs> the Airbnb Man. crash pad. I mean, what's up? <laughs> As, as everyone has been trying to tell us, the best, smartest thing you can do right now, stay home. Earl, stay home. <laughs> Goodness I don't gracious. even know if we can make fun of him because, like, it's pretty much like, like he's hit a depth where it's almost like you feel bad. Like, I like, I like the I Airbnb. Say, Earl, hey, Earl was always an accomplished multitasker. Now, when he was in Texas, <laughs> or actually when he was in high school, I did a story on him. He... he uh, obviously was a great football player, but he also played in the band. So at halftime, he would take off his shoulder pads and play as either saxophone or trombone or something and then put on his shoulder pads again and play in the second half. So some multitasking is good. This kind of multitasking may be getting into a little bit of trouble. Ladies love musicians, man. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not good. But anyway, I'm sure I hope the, uh, they work it out. The worst punishment would be having to quarantine back with your wife after yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd rather go to the county jail. Uh, as, as you guys uh, know, the Supreme Court is is in session now, but it's the groundbreaking way they're doing it because of COVID-19 and because most of these justices are uh, about 104 years old. They cannot get out and uh, and and operate and, and gather. So they're doing this thing by teleconference. They're not trying to Zoom in on any of these guys just as well. You know, do we need to know whether Clarence Thomas is wearing pants or not? I don't know. I don't care. Do they, do you wear your robe on a teleconference? That's probably the wrong justice to use the pants. Yeah, example on right. Dan. Anita Hill was always concerned about what he was doing. You know, so. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, they're there. If I had one of those robes, I'd wear it around the house all the time. I'd wear that thing everywhere I go. Out to dinner, grocery store, mowing my lawn, golf course. Yeah. Hell yeah. You get one, you got it. You're like, yep. <laughs> I will decide whatever the hell I want about you. I got the power. That's right. So anyway, they were uh, doing their call uh, discussing the a uh, case involving the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Uh. The, uh, and basically whether or not uh, they can it prohibits unwanted calls to cell phones by use of an automated system. Mm. Okay. Mm. It's clearly, I have a position on this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So do I. I, I, I am in favor of whoever wants to smash those companies making yeah. the unwanted calls. I don't, I don't care what the constitution says, get those damn things out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway. Um, Roman Martinez, a lawyer representing the political groups challenging the law, was pressing his point, making his arguments, a CNN story, when um, in the background, you could hear a toilet flush. <laughs> hey, well, what's the right lawyer to do it to? That guy was also pro-smoking, I'm sure, right? Like, who's who's in favor of robocalling? Like, that's... I don't, is he representing yeah. the... Is he pro row? I don't know what he is. Okay. Yeah, you really that, that got was the way I I heard it. That is so. some blood money. Some though. lawyer has to be pro robocall. <laughs> here she sucks. Freedom so. of expression by a computer trying to scam old people into giving out their <laughs> yeah, giving up their information. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, that is blood money. 
I mean, I, that guy deserves a kick in the kick in the ass. Anyway, the toilet flushed. We don't know who did it. This is now the the who done it of Washington. <laughs> 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 That's the intrigue. Which one of the nine was on the throne? Now, I'm not going to play a game of which justice did it because I'm thinking most of our audience thinks Judge Judy is on the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> was it Judge Judy, Judge Joe Brown, Judge Matt? No. But if we had a conference call with all of the college football coaches in America, okay? Now, we kind of did this with when they were, Pete, Pete informed us of the actual fact that there was a SEC coach Zoom call and two guys couldn't work the mute button. And those two were Mike Leach and Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Yes, sir. How does he say it? Yes, sir. Whatever he says. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They couldn't work the mute. But what college football coach is most likely to be caught with a flushing toilet sound being responsible for the flushing toilet in the background of a national coaches conference call. Pat, you have an answer. It's a heck of a question. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say Jim Harbaugh because I mean, Harbaugh thinks very important. You know, the bathroom is an important place to him. If you remember, he had them build one in his office at Stanford. (laughs) That's true. His own personal bathroom. So, and given like the the reliance on steak and whole milk, I think he's probably <laughs> got a, a real imperative on being regular and having a lot of production to to deal with. So, Jim Harbaugh needs that bathroom in handy on a regular basis. And khakis are easy to easy on and off with the khakis, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You keep plenty of khakis in reserve, too, just in case. He does have a lot of khakis. All right. That was like the best answer in the history of our podcast. How am I supposed to just to roll in and top that? Like, <laughs> um, I, I was going to either pick between Ed Orgeron and Mike Leach. <laughs> Ed Orgeron is just a, a, a gentleman who, you know, is he's just kind of aggressive by nature. So, you know what? If he had to go during it, he had to go during it. And he's maybe growl over the flush a little bit. But I, I would think I would think that he would do that. And then Mike Leach, because clearly the person who had to go to the bathroom, the justice who had to go to the bathroom failed to mute. Right. This goes back to our muting conversation. Like like no justice is that rude where they're like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I do and then and then flush mid call mid mid determining the future of America law right so they clearly have a lack of fundamental understanding of muting which we've all dealt with on our varied zoom calls yes throughout so Pat you're on that Louisville call the other day half of it was like Bueller Bueller with the Louisville courier Bueller Bueller with you know star so, six to unmute we heard that 400 yes, times yes yeah the athletic director at Louisville ended up becoming like a a, uh, a IT cheerleader. Yeah. Come on, Star Six, let's go. So I would think it would have to be a technophobe or someone so audacious they did not care of the results. <laughs> I know Both this of about which could be Coach. I do know this about Coach Leach when he had his radio show on uh, Sirius a couple of years. He was out of the game, and he had an afternoon radio show. And I uh, and someone who worked on the show told me he would do it from his house down in. Key West. And during the breaks, he would try to get his workouts in 
And so he would do push-ups or like he'd be doing, I don't know, squat thrusts or whatever the heck he's doing, jumping jacks in between. They'd be like, we're going to go on a two-minute break, and then they come back, and he would time it and do it. would be like, yeah, bursts of work, which is great, great time management. It's efficiency. Right. Yeah. Apps, multitasking. But then he would come back and be he'd be out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> There's She's great good audio. on a radio show. Kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Coach Leach? Let me catch my breath for a few seconds here, then I'll answer. So, Panting through everything he's saying. Right. I, I, I'm going with Gundy. I mean, I think Gundy yeah. is, yeah. as Pete says, as Pat says, flies the freak flag. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be sitting on the can, doing the color conference, combing <laughs> his mullet, popping <laughs> ambience, watching like crazy television networks. <laughs> screaming out the window at nobody <laughs> designing plays nah, who knows what Gundy's up to man we don't know what's going on in that ticker up there it's a mad genius <laughs> the mad genius of Stillwater so he flushes <sighs> there's got to be somebody here in the real life scenario right that knows which justice this is right so, I mean somebody that's controlling the teleconference has got to know that person, we uh, America, TMZ, and everyone yeah. else needs to find him. Where's TMZ find on this? Yeah, you gonna dime out of justice though? Come on, That's dangerous, like, dangerous. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. Do Dave, it for America. Very... Do it for America. America wants to know. Now, the the lawyer Martinez, according to CNN, did not seem phased or publicly notice the interruption. I think that's good because, look, even if this guy is in favor of robocalls, and I don't know that he is or isn't, so I don't want to disparage him, but let's say he is the guy that would represent, he's so reprehensible that he would represent uh, <laughs> fake phone calls <laughs> to steal from old people <laughs> and bother us uh, on some constitute First Amendment. What are they? Are? How do you even argue this? I, I um, anyway. Imagine like you're still like a lawyer. This has got to be like the day, right? I'm going to get to argue oh. a case in front of the Supreme yeah. Court. This is sure. the dream. This is the greatest moment of my life. And you're you are arguing. You are making an argument. And then you hear one of the <laughs> nine people. <laughs> just flush the toilet. <laughs> that would be terribly just just devastating my argument yeah. is so bad how great these are old people they go to the bathroom like every 23 minutes so uh, uh, yeah that would be a, that would be a blow to the ego for sure it's like here you are in the midst of your your argument to end all arguments and somebody's dropping the plunger nice in dc in a couple of years at happy hour they're gonna be like that's the guy who got flushed on <laughs> uh all right we got we'll end here with some animal um uprising because it's getting it's getting more heated out there it is man <laughs> they're coming it's getting more heated now you may on, get off team earth soon dan because earth's not looking safe <laughs> team earth I, I, the, if the ufo comes i'm gonna look at the transfer portal i'm not lying <laughs> every every couple days it just gets worse around here i'm still loyal but anyway first off you got the the the, the killer bees what are they calling them the uh murder the hornets the murder, murder hornets. hornets so yeah. then we have video of a bunch of uh, honeybees killing the murder hornet have you really? seen this yeah, uh -huh. then there was another one of a praying mantis and a and a murder hornet going toe to toe. Oh, really good! You got to get. Wow. I went down on some YouTube holes the other day. <laughs> all right, as I've been but known. You can to eat be. the murder hornets. What? They're like a delicacy. Yes, yeah, like in Japan. A snack. You yeah. can eat the murder hornets. You I'm can learning eat them more and you can about put them in the a drink. Hornet. Yeah, 
Murder Hornet sounded bad. Someone on Twitter asked us what beer pairs best with Murder Hornet. <laughs> Would you take <laughs> like a honey based IPA or something like that? <laughs> You know, I think you can yeah, go one of two ways with that. First of all, like Japan is where they where they 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 eat or drink them, so you could you could pair it with a Japanese beer, but those also are not very good. So they've come into the North Pacific Northwest. So I think you go with a nice IPA from uh, the Seattle area. Give me a like a maybe you should go with more of a spicy cocktail. Just go straight tequila. I mean, if you're gonna go with the the venom, do this. There you I go. Don't know. Hey, why not? Uh, just just go with sake at that point. Sake. Right? These things are not as dangerous as we were once led to believe. This was fake news. <laughs> this was irresponsible reporting. Also, there is a thing called, forget the murder hornet, the executioner wasp. The executioner what? wasp <laughs> is more deadly than the murder hornet. <laughs> the executioner, Tell us about the executioner hornet, wasp. When murder hornet gets called up on, on charges... <laughs> executioner wasp comes in and takes that thing down there's a guy on uh youtube that let the executioner wasp uh spike him really? sting him yeah sting him and? in the arm and he just is it worse than the red hot tax of yeah. the of the wasp of the of the murder hornet yeah the red hot thumb this guy says it is yeah Ah, that's like makes my skin crawl. Execution By the way, I, I, how much? How many hours a week do you think Dan spends in these YouTube rabbit holes? <laughs> like, 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 like at least ten to twenty, right? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> what was the thing you used to watch shooting out of planes, Dan, on YouTube? Feral oh, hog shoot, hunting from yeah, helicopters. Feral hogs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Forgive um, me for forgetting the shooting the feral hogs. <laughs> Sorry, right. I am gonna I am gonna send everyone this video. Seeing a guy holding a wasp in these little forceps, and he's putting it on yep. his arm. Ah! All right. Oh, All right. let's stop. Ah! Oh, let's stop. Oh! 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 oh my gosh! Oh, that's really bad, really quick. Ah! All right, so I guess the guy's name is Coyote Peterson. Yep. I don't know. They have a warning on here. Don't Thirty-five be as point. As Coyote Peterson. First off, don't make fun <laughs> of my wormhole. That I went down 35.1 million views on this sucker. <laughs> Three quarters of which were you hitting refresh. <laughs> this guy's crazy. He also let a lobster bite him. Old boys. <laughs> he lets animals They're attack probably like him. like nine or ten. Fifteen's a little old. They, yeah. they found girls by then. <laughs> he let himself get pinched by a lobster. <laughs> Stung by a lionfish. This guy's crazy. Oh, that's really bad really quick. <laughs> he would know. Uh, yeah, I guess he would. Yeah, that's what people playing our podcast do. About eleven seconds in, they're like, "Oh, this got really bad, really quick." <laughs> anyway, I'm no longer so scared of these uh, murder murder hornets. Okay, because if the executioner, we'll just get the executioners and we'll take them out. <laughs> I got, I got a this plan. This is like, okay, I understand now. I understand like how you you built a uh, a dynasty soccer team. So this is what you do. You just go stack the deck on your side now by bringing in uh, executioner wasps to defend yourself against the murder hornets. Absolutely. Uh, how? So, what, uh, go ahead. I was going to hijack this slightly. Like we haven't had any chicken wars updates during the pandemic. Like, do we have any sense of what's going on? I mean, a majority of our listeners listen exclusively for Chicken War updates. 
And, uh, you know, does any sense of how Popeye's doing, how Chick-fil-A's doing? Is, do we have any any update, anything we can give the people? The people want to know. Stronger together, Pete. Stronger together. Okay. I believe <laughs> the, chicken, the chicken factions have, have buried the hatchet for a little while. <laughs> All right. Well, I will say this about the chicken wars. The, the restaurants are not um, battling, but that doesn't mean the chickens aren't fighting back. <laughs> Walker, Alabama, police are searching for a, quote, Aggressive chicken, unquote, <laughs> accused of <laughs> accused of engaging in foul play at an Alabama oh. bank. Got to do it. Got to put the foul play in. All right. Here's the problem with this thing. Witnesses told police the chicken had been spotted at the bank multiple times last week. <laughs> Robbing the bank, making deposits, what? approaching patrons at the ATM, approaching patrons at the ATM, chasing customers and even attempting to climb into cars in the drive through. Wow. Wow. Official said uh, had to respond and found the pesky poultry had already escaped. Pesky poultry. So if, <laughs> uh, if you're in Alabama, uh, Walker, Alabama, in the greater metropolitan area, keep an eye out for this aggressive chicken. And especially want your money, apparently. It's going <laughs> to steal your ATM password. Of course, uh, let me just end with this. Speaking of passwords in Alabama, this is all really flowing well, isn't it? Show's really on point today. <laughs> Transition uh, King. There we go. World Passport Password Day. This some kind of security company puts this out. And uh they say uh 80% of data breaches in 2009 in 2019 were caused by password compromise because some of you people make too easy of a passwords. And so the these these online thieves can figure out what your password is. And guess what the number one easiest password the most breached password is Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> Literally, like, probably about 85% of the people in Alabama have Roll Tide as their password. Uh, yeah, and the other 15 have War Eagle. Uh, yeah, exactly. War Eagle. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, this is too easy. You're like, just looking at us. Oh, guy's an Alabama fan. Let's we'll see. Roll Tide. Oh, drain the account. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole roll tide as a lifestyle might, might be, uh, you might need to curl, cut that back a little bit when it comes to cybersecurity, my gosh. In fairness, this is only sports passwords. I think like one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, or password are always really easy yeah. too. So roll tide, I mean, at least throw a number on there or something. Something. Your favorite roll player. Saban, you know? Something, man. Come on now, Bama. <clears throat> So, Roll Tide 42, the number of laundromat national championships Alabama has given to itself. <laughs> what was Major Ogilvy's number? I want Major Ogilvy's number on the end of my pay, my Roll Tide. Easiest password to steal, Roll Tide. Good job. All right, that's the, that's the pod. We'll talk to you next week. So, I have to say this stuff because it's like obligation of the end of all, all podcasts. Please subscribe <laughs> and review our podcast and share on social media. Watch out for the chicken. We'll be back next week. Talk to you later. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery 
Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod.